0: This is Posticle Chronicles, and I'm your host, Matt Falk. Hello, Posticle Chronicle listeners. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Falk. Today, we're actually recording in uh, a very strange space. We're actually at the Robarts Library on the first floor at the University of Toronto. Um, There's students walking around outside. Hopefully, it's quiet. Hopefully, you don't hear anything, but... We also have a amazing guest who's done so much. Her name is Miracle Kerr, and she is the founder and the director of Miracle Management. Woo!
1: Yay! <laughs> yeah. Round of applause for the audience. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for coming. And I feel like I should have told you which door to go through, because there's like three doors in this building. Yeah, I, I was br- <laughs> like, where am I? <laughs> yeah, um... So before we talk about what you do, about mm-hmm. kind of the legacy that you've been uh, building, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about, let's learn about the, the, the woman behind, you know, the the story. Uh, okay. Where did you grow up?
1: So I was born and lived in Toronto up until I was about eight years old, until I moved to this place an hour north of Toronto um, called Keswick. Not sure if you've heard of it. Probably not.
0: <laughs> What's the closest bigger city next to it? Um,
1: Newmarket. Newmarket.
0: Okay, okay. Okay. Aurora,
1: you know, one of those. Okay. Um, it's off. It's off the highway now, um, but I was, you know, living there up until I was about eighteen years old. Um, that was not a fr- very friendly city to grow up in. Um, Super small town. A very small town, and it, you know, I didn't really understand until I got older what it was to be a person of color in a predominantly caucasian town you know i went from i look at my pictures from grade two because that's when i moved and in toronto everybody is of different backgrounds like Mm -hmm. everybody's everything like there's only say two caucasian kids but everybody else is like everything so it's like across the spectrum you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but um when you look at my photos from when i moved to keswick i'm one of two people of color in the whole class Mm -hmm. so to to understand that now is is definitely um you know i remember some things Mm -hmm. let's not recount that and give those people any energy because i don't remember their names and you're the one on the podcast
0: you're the one on the podcast they're not on the podcast um hey haters (laughs) So, and then did you move back to Toronto eventually? Like,
1: So, yeah. So, after high school, what I did was I went to university. I went to Carleton University where I studied communications and I minored in psychology. Um, I learned a lot there. You know, I had a couple jobs, had my first relationships, all the tumultuous things that go on in, you know, university. Um Moved back to Toronto, got my first job, um, and that was at a gym. And I was like, did I drop all this money on school and learn all that and spend all this time just to be a receptionist at a gym? And I was like, hell no, that's not who I am, because that's not me at all. I've always been like a hardworking person. I've had a job since I was 17 and haven't stopped working. Like, I obviously went to school all that time, but. You know, now I'm done school, thankfully. Um, But then, after I uh, worked at the gym, I was like, I need something more. So I started applying to a bunch of jobs and I got a job interview at an agency. Um, I interviewed and had a week crash course and was pretty much running the front end of the whole agency. Um, Yeah. Getting clients, scouting clients, managing them, submitting them to auditions, castings, where I learn pretty much everything that I do yeah. currently. Um,
0: wait, one sec. Yeah. Our like operations are like run out of a shoebox. Can you explain <laughs> what an agency <laughs> is? Like what does that do? Okay. Like like in my head I imagine someone that's very fashionable and then mm-hmm. them finding clients and then yeah. finding them roles.
1: That's typically what an agency does. My agency is a little bit different. Um, We focus on representing people of color, people of, you know, on the LGBTQ spectrum, um, because representation matters, right? Uh, When I studied communications, a lot of the classes that I personally chose to take um, focused on like gender in the media, and then it was like race in the media, and then I took classes um, that were feminist based, right? Uh, So that really built my foundation for kind of my purpose and what I currently do um, because I had, you know, an understanding of the systematic way of how everyone is represented within the media. Because communications is essentially the study of how media is used to, to disseminate ideology. So, you know, having that background... Having worked at an agency, I was like, there's something that I can do, but I had a better business model and Since I was fourteen years old, I always wanted to start a business. I had one of my best friends when I was in high school message me, and she was like, "Oh my God, you started a business like you've always talked about it." and I was like, "Damn, I really did you know yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the background on say that um but What an agency does essentially um, is we represent talent. So, you know, we handle all of the financing, the contracts, um, the bookings. But my agency differs because we focus on building their brands, um, whether they be online or through grassroots, through events. Um, I think that, you know, education in your industry matters. So I try to find as many panels um, and discussions and any, you know, um, things that I can find that are viable to my clients so that they can build a great brand that's them. And, you know, it's easy to do things independently now.
0: Just so I can get, like, a more holistic photo or image of this, mm-hmm. what's the difference between, like, a bad agency and, a good, like, a really good agency besides, like, making money and, you know, having clients?
1: Well, I don't think there's say, bad and good agencies. I think there's bad and good agents. Um, And also how, you know what, it's depending on how the business is run. You know, I think that building personal relationships with your clients matters. Um, Like, you know, my clients can always reach me on my cell phone. The only day they can't is on a Sunday, which is pretty reasonable. You know, everybody needs one day off to just decompress. Mm -hmm. If I'm working six days a week, you know, like last night I literally went to bed at 4 a.m., woke up at 8 a.m. because I had to submit some hand demos and a couple self-tapes and, you know, they were all due at 9 a.m. So I was like, I got to get all this shit done. And literally it was 10 clients of each. So I had to submit 20 before the (laughs) the deadline. It was a lot of uh, work to do. But in terms of good and bad agencies, I mean... You know, if you don't get paid, if you don't get paid within the window that's in your contract, that's probably, you know, an issue for a lot of people. I know, like, you know, shit models. Like, on Instagram, there's, like, a, a profile page for it. It's just, like, something that, like, it's called ship model management. It's so funny because mm-hmm. you're just, like, oh, this is what bad agents do, right? Okay. And, um, yeah, I just think that the model of how agencies are run is very outdated um, because it's more focused on just bookings, whereas, like, people are brands in and of themselves, and that's really where I see the future going. So... I'll be honest. I don't really look at how a lot of other people do things. I already worked at an agency. I kind of like to trust my intuition on how I like to build my business and how I like to build my brand and the brands of my clients because I don't really like to follow a structure or formula. The formula kind of comes to me. I'm a very operations type person. I'm very systematic. Like my brain works as if like... I don't know how to explain it. It's just like very organized, like everything's in neat little boxes. So, you know, the things that I have to do, like I have a checklist every day that I fulfill and it's probably like it's two full pages long, um, you know, and that's kind of like how I keep track of myself. But then I have goals. I have a lot of different, you know, organizational methods. Um, But I mean, it's really up to... The, the the talent who is looking to be represented to find somebody who cares about them, wants to represent them, pays them on time, you know, but... One thing I disagree with is the fact that agents should be waiting to get paid um, from from projects, from clients. So if you're, say, developing clients and they're in their beginning years and you're training them, you're sending them to auditions and, you know, they're obviously not going to book yet because they don't have the experience of, you know, just removing the jitters going into the audition room, right? The more you go in, the more you're obviously going to have a natural ability to book more because you're like, oh, I know what they're expecting now. You've gotten a routine. You've probably built a relationship with the casting director because there's a small amount of them. So really it's about uh, building great relationships. I think that's, that's what you have to look for in a, a, an agent. They have to be um, really great at building relationships and have great contacts because you need the contacts. It's, it's not just about bookings. It's about building your brand and it's about building a name that people can, you know, build their brand with. Because now it's all about brand leveraging and brand associations. If you look at the biggest artists, they're all doing collaborations, right? Because... They don't need to do a line themselves. They can have their line, but they do limited amounts so that, you know, it it all sells out. They have no excess. And then it's more of like a cool item for the fan. It's got a novelty to it. And then, you know, everybody wins. But then imagine, say, somebody like The Weeknd collaborating with Puma or, you know, Selena Gomez doing the same thing. They are now... You know, leveraging not only their brand but also Puma's brand to both win in that situation. So I think that um, the future of talent is more of being a well-rounded, brandable. You know, whatever that brand is. Um, you know, I like to focus on people who have conscientious. Um, attitudes and, and things that they want to do moving forward. You know, I don't care if you just want to be famous. That's not a long-term thing to me. You know, like a lot of the people I work with, they want to help the community. They want to build something for the community. They want to contribute back to the community. And that's really what I look for because the more you invest in the community, also the community yeah. reinvests back into you, True. right? Yeah. Um, and that's really how I think people build strong brands. It's through grassroots campaigns and and actually connecting with people.
0: If I was a model or Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) if I was a model or like an artist or A musician or a photographer or an actress or actor mm-hmm. and I was starting out what advice would you have for me at this moment like I'm like I'm starting new mm-hmm. like let's say I just went to school or something mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you have
1: I would say build a great portfolio no matter what you're doing have a great representation of your work always do the best work because quality is way better than quantity. Obviously, you're going to have quantity that you know you probably have to produce so that you can get something of quality, but you're only going to present the quality to people that you want to work with, right? Like, you always want to be the best version of yourself. And I like to think about, you know, not even looking at competition, always looking for your own inspiration. You know, um, the best artists, they just have a lot of inspiration. They have a lot of things that they can pull from, whether that's a model, whether that's an actor, whether that's a photographer, a stylist, you know, they have their levels of inspiration and they also work at it. You know, just because you're beautiful doesn't mean you know how to take good photos. It doesn't mean you know how to work a garment. It doesn't mean that you know what to do in front of the camera. It doesn't mean that you'll be comfortable when 10 people who you don't even know you're stepping onto this set with, you're just meeting them today, you have to pose and you have to do all these things. Mm You know, like you have to be prepared to do that. You know, that's a job. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's this whole Instagram thing where everyone's like, I'm doing this on Instagram. And yes, granted, there are people who fit within that category. But I mean, if all you're doing is taking selfies, that's not that's in your own personal time, your own personal space. That's not the same setting as, say, a photo shoot with. Five photographers, you five people on set you don't know in like on the top of a mountain. You know, it's not it's not the same. So it's about understanding that there are levels to this professionalism and also your career is not going to be made overnight. You know, people like, say, Leonardo DiCaprio, he was acting a long time before, say, Titanic. And Titanic really was his big break, right? He was a child actor. So imagine, like, all those years, up until he was, I think, about 21, it took him from, like... 10 years old to 21 to have his quote-unquote overnight success but it wasn't an overnight success because he was working he was building those skills he was building those relationships and that's what i feel a lot of people they're like oh like everybody made it famous so like really big right now i'm like the weekend is one of the biggest artists right now drake is one of the biggest artists right now they've both been in the game for like nine, ten years, you know, they've been doing this. So a decade worth of time and experience, it does give you a level of knowledge and advantage within the industry. But You you can't get there overnight. And that's what a lot of people I don't find um, realize. They're like, well, why don't I? Why doesn't this happen right away? Mm -hmm. Well, it might happen right away for some people. That's just the fate of some people. But it's better to build something that lasts, in my opinion, build a strong foundation so that even if you do pop off overnight, you're already ready to take that on. It's not, you're not outgrowing, you know, what you're capable of. You're always mentally prepared. You're always staying ready.
0: Right. So what be your point about quality, right? So it's like if I was a musician, mm-hmm. don't publish everything. Just have, keep practicing your craft and having that backlog and then publishing the good stuff. All yeah, that, exactly.
1: Right? And you know what? The, the thing I think is you should have a bunch of friends around you who will tell you the real on the real, you know? And if, like, they're haters for no reason, you should probably, like, reconsider that friend. But, like, if you're listening to a dope beat and you see everybody in the room is, like, bobbing their head and they're, like, vibing to it, That's probably a dope track. Mm -hmm. Like, I notice what a dope track is like when everybody kind of goes silent and they're just kind of like feeling what's going on. They're feeling the actual music and that's what music is supposed to do, right?
0: Or a dope podcast. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hopefully this one. Listen to us all the time. So reeling it back a bit, when you were working at the agency, like, I love these stories about Mm -hmm. when they were working at the agency and then suddenly have their own agency like yeah. what happened there like i love these stories
1: so to be honest i wasn't mm-hmm. being paid on time and mm-hmm. i wasn't even being paid the right amount i always had to chase my own money um at the time i had a boyfriend and you know i helped him get two promotions in a year so he won a company trip and obviously brought me along because you know who wouldn't okay. um <laughs> yeah. so he took me on this trip, and I came back, and I was so sick for, like, a month after. And what? I was, like... What
0: trip was this? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs>
1: no, I think I think it was just, like, the weather changed, because okay, okay. we went, you know... It was, like, on a... Cru- we were also on a cruise. Do not go on cruises.
0: FYI. They're so bad for the environment, They're, but I love them so oh, much. You like, love
1: them? Oh, God. I hate them. I hate I them. I haven't gone on
0: one for, like, decades, but, like, mm-hmm. I just love them.
1: Yeah. I just... For me, I'm, like... Oh, it's just like people are getting sick and like, uh, it was just so small. And I'm just okay, like, yeah, yeah. I, I like to be able to like be like, OK, let's go for a walk right now. Not just like we'll walk on the deck and it's like really salty. But and if it's a big enough cruise, then yeah. It's like, you know. OK, back yeah. to the topic. <laughs>
0: so you went I back, like, came, you came back and you were sick.
1: Yeah, so I came back. I was super sick, and I was like, this is a sign to, like, start my own business. So what I did was I just bought the domain, and I just didn't stop after that because I was like, I put the first dollars into this. So if I'm going to invest in this, I'm going to put all my time into it. I don't care if I fail. I don't care if I lose. I have nothing to lose anyways. I still have my student debt. I still have no business, no like other jobs, because I applied for so many jobs, but didn't get anything, even though I have a stellar resume, and like I'm a badass in terms of of work, right, but also having a name like Miracle is kind of like they're like, is this a joke <laughs>
0: you know mm. it's like
1: it's very difficult, but that's
0: still crazy though, so you had student debt and you did you started your own thing, you just invested in a domain, and then
1: yeah, I mean like that's <laughs> that that's just how i yeah. you know, um. I still don't make a lot of money from my business. Like, I'll be honest. It's not that I am not financially successful. What it is is I'm reinvesting back into my business, right? So you have to think about, say, for example, my business. It's like networking. So I've invested in trips to L.A. where I've, say, met my mentor who, you know, is an incredible guy. Um, He was the... He designed the logo for Rockefeller Records.
0: Mm-hmm. He you was can, say, can you say his name? Yeah, his name's
1: <laughs> A- his name's Adrian Vargas. Like, shout out to Vargucci. You're gonna listen to this. I know it, because he's he's flown to come hear me talk at Ryerson. So Sweet. like obviously you're gonna listen to this. Like, what up? Um but, you know, I've, you know, built more of a relationship and had a great friendship and collaboration. Like we've made a short film, we've made a, a mock commercial for Nike together. We've done photo shoots. So the the incredible thing about creatives is, you know, you don't you don't need to necessarily be in a building. You don't need to have anything tied down. Like all you need is a laptop and probably your equipment to create with right mm-hmm. um like look here like we could have done this anywhere really, really you know yeah. um so that's kind of what i've invested in building more relationships um going to different cities like la is great for what my business does right um even our mayor he goes back and forth to la to procure more um projects to be shot in toronto because it can look like la very downtown you just have to add a cab sorry yeah, majority goes to LA all the time. There's tax deductions for people who film um in Canada. Yeah. Um it's obviously Toronto. But he um, goes
0: there to like meet with like a
1: lot of producers, directors, executive producers, what? and all those people, they, they're the ones who make the decisions on where the locations are um, and what makes sense, right? But Toronto is very financially feasible because, you know, you save a percentage when you cross the border because you're coming over here with U.S. dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, it's great for the Canadian economy because they have to hire some local talent both on, behind the camera um, and in front of the camera. So mm-hmm. it's a really advantageous time, in my personal opinion, um, to be an artist in Toronto. We have the hottest music scene. We have the hottest acting scene. We have the hottest tech. We have the hottest marijuana. Like, it's all coming That's out true. of Toronto right um, now. So we we are on the up and up. You know, even even the Raptors are, you know, winning right now. So <laughs> yeah. you know, there's that. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully they're still winning when this comes out.
0: <laughs> hopefully. Um, so what does a day look like? like in your job? Is it Going to L.A. with Meritory. <laughs> like,
1: I wish. Like, I, <laughs> I want to meet Meritory. It is definitely something that I, I, I love knowing people who, you know, have, have a bigger picture um, sense of mind. And I like to, to know people and see how we can work together, you know, because I do eventually want to contribute back to the community in all the ways that I can um, because I do eventually want to build a studio out in Scarborough.
0: But what does a a day in your job, in your life look like?
1: Okay, well, it's kind of different depending on what day it is. Mondays, I'm always literally glued to my laptop at home, at my kitchen table, sending out auditions, sending out emails, sending out invoices, things like that. You know, just literally, I am just so consumed with that because so many come in, so many come out. I have to make sure that everybody has the right information. And, you know, that's a lot of, detail oriented work, right? And by the time it's the end of the day, it's like seven or eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) like ready to plan whatever else I've got to do. It's more of like what's in the week. Um, I like to have meetings on two days of the week, um, where I just pretty much fill my days with uh, potential talents that I meet up with. um, And I interview them like that's what I did today. Um, Today, I went to a panel um, that was at Launchpad that was by house uh, with Strange Loop Studios it was really great I wish I could have stayed longer but you know I had to come to this um, I'm so sorry no worries no worries <laughs> hopefully
0: we make it worth your time oh
1: yeah so it's <laughs> this is this is fun to me too so nice. um, you know like I, I like to also build my own brand. I like to network at events. Um, I go to a lot of artist-related events in the city. There's so many artists. They're throwing, you know, listening parties, video release parties, screenings, things like that. Um, I try to go to as many as I can. You know, sometimes, you know, you're emotionally exhausted and you have to take, you know, a seat um, and just, like, recharge, you know. Um, you can't go to every event. But I try to make it to as many as I can. Um, And that's essentially what I do. I try to, you know, get a workout in every single day and just eat healthy, you know, but that's really what it is. You know, it seems super glamorous. Um, You know, I get to go to parties and know cool people and stuff. But a lot of what I do is, you know, organizing a lot of people to do a lot of things and be in certain places and have the right content, right? Um, I also organize and produce photo shoots and video shoots as well. Um, So my talents have a better portfolio better images um, and then I also work with artists to develop their brands um, and their brand identity and figure out what creative direction
0: to go in that sounds like a lot of fun but very exhausting just like from like listening to it is like a lot right it's like sounds fun but also like
1: Yeah, like a lot of people, like, they they think this is super easy. I make it look easy. Don't get me wrong, but it's because I've been doing this Mm -hmm. job for five years. The last two and a half was pretty much just adding, like, the legal and accounting aspect of everything Mm -hmm. into the fold. Like, that's literally all that it was. But, you know, and also producing. So um, because I do want to get a lot more into production. um, So, yeah.
0: I think what's cool about what you do is that, you're kind of in charge of this person's passion like Mm -hmm. of of like their opportunity guiding them to Mm -hmm. opportunities to their full potential is there like one person or like not like one person in particular but like is there a story like of one person like that of a client i know you can't choose favorites or whatever Mm -hmm. but of someone that stands out to you that you think wow like we did something amazing together is there a story like that
1: I mean there's a bunch of stories like bunch, that yeah. in 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 all honesty there's there's so many accomplishments um you know that that I've achieved and they've achieved within a very short period of time you know it's a lot of teamwork it's a lot of practice on their end it's a lot of networking on my end um but you know, there's a few things that I can I can shout out. I guess um, you know, one of my talents. She booked uh, just a speaking role on the Netflix series The Umbrella Academy, which I thought was super cool. Um, I I loved the show, and it was really cool to find out that Gerard Way, who was the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, actually wrote a comic book which this show is based on. So it's just like to think about you know like just i remember watching like my chemical romance and helena and i remember those music videos they were always so theatrical for him to like make a comic book and then a tv show and i know he's making more tv shows um cool. it's it's just really cool and interesting yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so that's one thing. Um, one of my talents. She she's incredible. She's I think she's only missed two auditions in the whole time we've been working together. Um, she's just so appreciative and like I just I I really believe in her. Um, she she speaks on LGBTQ issues um, and she is just an incredible person. She works really hard um, and I have a lot of other talents that you know have done really cool. Things, oh, I wish I could talk about a lot of the music videos that we've booked uh, recently, Um, but they've literally been within, like, the last two weeks, and they're not out yet, or else I would, you know, talk them up. Um, Mm -hmm. But to give a hint, this artist will have released, um, you know, a bunch of music videos at once, and um, another artist is... um, on TDE's roster, you guys can watch on Miracle Management okay. and on my page okay. to get the reveal. All
0: right, some sometime. I wonder if it'll be before we. Publish this podcast or after, I wonder? (laughs) Probably after. I'm going to assume after because it
1: it takes time to, like, edit and produce and then figure out, like, the rollout for everything, Mm -hmm. where it's going to be distributed Mm -hmm. because there is, like, a lot of marketing and a lot of um, data and analytics that go into, obviously, like, releasing uh, content.
0: Um, Looking at, like, I guess uh, the industry as a whole, uh, in the past five years, there's Mm -hmm. been – like, a very notable explosion of diversity in the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and representation, which is what, you know, your company is about. Mm -hmm. Um, I was wondering what your thoughts were on that, like, the movies like Black Panther, Mm -hmm. Crazy Rich Asians, all these things coming out. What's good about that? What are you more critical or, like, skeptical? Like, the good and the bad, right? Like, there's a lot of good, but then there's also, it's not perfect, right?
1: It's not perfect, but you know what? We're at the beginning. So, you know, when a lot of people are critical of, Mm -hmm. you know, production, People can't be perfect. They can't represent everybody in the first film. But you have to be thankful that these people made that film so that more films like this can be made, right? Like, I literally, on opening night... I bought tickets to Crazy Rich Asians because a lot of people don't know. But I'm also, like, half Filipino, but I was raised by a single mother. So, like, I really just see the world through, like, a Filipino's eyes, right? Um, a Filipino-Canadian because, you know, I grew up here. So there's that mm-hmm. whole diaspora. Um, and obviously that's really mixed through colonization. But anyways, long story long, um, I thought it was really beautiful. Like, I, I couldn't stop crying so many times because there was so many moments of, there was one moment in the film where it was like, um, she's not Asian enough. Even though she's Chinese, and even, like, she's full Chinese, full blood Chinese, and she was just raised in, you know, America. Um you know she was ostracized and seen as different or other and for me it's not that i identified with necessarily that specific story but i did identify with not being asian enough or not being caucasian enough right like i've written a poem about it y'all check it out um but it's on my instagram
0: we could put it on our show notes (laughs) yeah exactly
1: (laughs) um but it's just, like, it's something that I've had to deal with, especially growing up in a predominantly Caucasian area and then going, you know, to other parts of the world and th- other cities and seeing mm-hmm. what that's like and experiencing that. Um, you know, I, I, I understand the diaspora that, that comes about with that.
0: Right. Right. Um in the entertainment industry or mm-hmm. just for directors or casting staff or maybe for even other agencies that want to see more diversity in their work, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for them and how do you think they can promote diversity without kind of tokenizing or being inauthentic or genuine? Like,
1: mm-hmm. let's say like yeah, more totally. traditional. Yeah, like more staff. real. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, really, it's more about having everybody behind the camera and in front of the camera mm-hmm. because that way... You know, just things don't fall through the cracks. Like say for example, you know, if I am gonna do something on say a a, a Filipino movie. I know Marvel's making a Filipino movie. Are they? Yeah, they are. There she's a Filipino warrior. It's, I, I it's I'm pretty sure it's Marvel. Yeah. yeah. Like I reposted this. What's like the name? Do you know? Um, I can't remember right yeah. now. All I'm right. like, should I Google this? You can I can Google it. You, can you do
0: know? It. Yeah, we, we can edit the Google the <laughs> taking time to take it out. Yeah, I'm really curious. Like I'm like, quick. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not like a comic. Like, mm-hmm. I don't read the comics, but like, I'm, I'm a very big Marvel fan. So this would be good to know.
1: Um,
0: Filipino.
1: Yeah, literally. That's her awesome. her name's Wave. So Marvel's first Filipino superhero, Wave. Um, obviously, she's very like, mm-hmm. more like Aquaman because yeah. it's very fitting to the Philippines, which is cool. you know a nation of a bunch of islands, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously. Water is a huge factor. In the cultural history mm-hmm. of the Philippines, right? Um, but say, for example, for this film to be successful, they obviously need real Filipino people behind and in front of the camera, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many. Say, for example, indigenous tribes of the Philippines, and a lot of people don't know that. Do you know they have curly, thick hair, um, much like Africans as well? You know, and that's in the the tribal regions that are very untouched in the Philippines. They're typically called like Malay, and that's part of my ancestry as well um but you know there's there's a lot that people don't know like they're very dark-skinned because guess what it's a beachy place so obviously the sun hits there all the time right um so i i think for them to have the proper representation they're just going to need to you know take the cultural history and you know i hope they show a little bit of what happened with the the filipino kleptocracy and kind of like the, the narrative, you know, because, you know, through the the Marcos era, hopefully they don't hear this. Um, <laughs> yikes. Um, but, you know, they they siphoned millions, billions out of the country, you know, which made it uh, extremely impoverished. Um, and I know a lot of people don't know that. Right. But it's um, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, it's 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 part of the, the history of the Philippines through the 70s and the 80s. I also wrote a poem about that on my Instagram page. All my photos on my Instagram are all poems as cool. well.
0: Yeah. Right. So last question, and it's been so much fun talking to you. I really hope uh, we can have you back on the show maybe in the future.
1: Oh, I'd love to. That'd
0: be awesome. Um, what is your vision for Miracle Management?
1: Well, what I want to do with Miracle Management within a few years, um, I want to get a studio space out in Scarborough. Um, And the reason why I want to invest into that community is I think Scarborough is going to be the next Brooklyn. Um, I see that the way everything's going is very oriented towards gentrifying that area and instead of gentrifying that area with corporations what i'd like to do is also build a creative facility out of there mm-hmm. um that creators can obviously create in but also like a lot of the creatives can also um educate and learn and and also network because I, I you know i love throwing events as well um but i think that's a really key aspect i think that you know in order for us to contribute back to society we have to you know buy and invest in the areas that we want to live in Mm -hmm. um and I love Scarborough in my personal opinion um it's great because downtown it's very like you know it's very social and I love that but I can't be social every day you know I'm an introvert like I'm an extroverted introvert Mm -hmm. you know I'm very selective Um, and I have to obviously recharge and one thing I love about Scarborough is there's so much like greenery like there's this really long trail I rollerblade on all the time it's so much fun Um, and that's like literally my happy place and I wouldn't give that up to be able to like rollerblade downtown where there's all this traffic and all these people, you know, like I, I literally have this rollerblade track to like myself and maybe like one or two other people. But it's like, this is mine, and I like am dancing, listening to my music, you know, yeah, yeah. unbothered. So it's, um you know, what I really like. But that's really what I want to, you know, go more towards. I want to go more towards. Um, Artist development, producing, I love producing, you know, because I have an organized mind. I do, you know, know a lot of people and know how to make sure everything's organized. Um, And eventually I do also want to build a school in the Philippines and also clean the river in the Philippines I know the Philippines has one of the dirtiest rivers in the world I don't remember what number it ranks on I believe it's like six or seven Um, but I know that I can help to contribute you know I'd love to you know make some money and have some Filipino people you know build a machine that can safely and ecologically soundly um, you know clean the river without, you know, causing a lot of disruption. And I think that would be really beneficial. And that's, if that's something that I can, you know, do to contribute back to society, that would be really great. Um, But that's, you know... uh, I think it's important to have a really big vision for, for what you want and what you want to achieve. Um, because you don't want to limit yourself, you know. I I used to plan in like, you know, what would what, what happen in a year and now, you know, things are happening so quickly, like the things that I wanted to do in a year now are happening in like three months and I'm like, Oh my god, I have to, to redo my goals because they're not they're not big enough and you know, it's I, I it's I, I'm obviously grateful to get to that place where that's, you know, quote unquote my issue um, but you know I think that it's very important to, to think of a bigger vision and know your why and what, why you're doing things you know I love to also help people of color be represented because I think that that's really very important but I also think the environment's important you know and I also think that taking care of you know the place that we live in is also important and I know that somehow I'm going to fuse the two because that is what I do
0: That was my conversation with Miracle Kerr. Postal Chronicles is hosted and produced by me, Matt Falk. Rostislav Soroka was the co-producer for this episode. Special thanks goes out to Tammy Kung. Our staff also includes Alice Coombs and Kasun Medegadera. Our main theme song is called Last Energy for the Day by Loyalty Freak Music. And there are other music credits on our website. If you like what you heard, give us a rating, share us, follow us on our social medias, Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon.